what do you want to hop into, Kev? How do you want to start this podcast off? I don't know, dude. What you guys were just in Philly recording, uh, filming some. Yeah, some drone wide, footage, right? I had some creative vision for how I wanted the city landscape to look on the drone. So I asked Greg to come in and obviously help facilitate that vision. I'm so confused. I'm lost. What what vision That's is this? Give me wide. give me some background to this vision. It, it's it's probably wide. has something to do with it what you're you're doing, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, what were you shooting, big dog? Well, real estate shoot is tomorrow. Whether or not this specifically ends up making that cut, we'll see. Um Okay. I've just always wanted, like, I was telling Colton in the car, like, since I think I got this drone in, like, 2018, the, like, the first thing I ever thought about shooting was Boathouse Row, and, like, trying to shoot oh, that's cool. in Philadelphia, and I never yeah. did it for whatever reason. Really? I never had a reason to. So, finally, um, I don't know what hit me this week. I was like, this is the time to do it. I love shooting in the fall, and so it's, like, the perfect time to, to get the drone up, and I was- It looked I was, solid. Yeah, I was, in, I was picturing, like, this, like, orange sky, like- coming up behind the city like beautiful early light and like it's spitting it's gray like yeah it's super overcast you <laughs> I was just about to say it's 6 a.m yeah, and it's gross gloomy out but yeah, uh yeah i'm sure you can f- layer in some effects into there right Ooh, yeah, that's a good yeah, word yeah. i mean layer is that a word is that a yeah photography it, it, it word? flies okay it, it goes is that part of the fly, lingo the drone fly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no uh but it, it was cool like you couldn't even see the tops of some of the the buildings and so like i think it's gonna be kind of moody kind of fall looking yeah a little uh, misty out there yeah yeah now, maybe like, some mist off the water yeah catch a little mist there's some right. there was uh, some rowing i don't okay. know do disservice to whatever they were doing i don't uh, know what it was yeah, yeah. some, so, like, some like, crew out there yeah some sort of crew okay. right. and we ended the trip by ripping the new big booty remix yeah, yeah, a little <laughs> early, little early leak going on there. That's so, hilarious. It's pretty solid. I though. remember when you first mentioned that to me. Uh, yeah, you listened to the Big Booty remix, I know, and I was like, like, "What?" And then you put it on. And I was like, "You know, this is this yeah. is interesting." How would you classify that type of music? Is that like EDM? Like I don't know. I could yeah. I classify every. I, I classify trap. Is it trap? Anything no. with the drop? Well, they cover the whole. They cover the whole spectrum of EDM. Like they have. They have got every subgenre in there. I would say that they specifically are just mashup. Like they're pulling everything that you know oh, yeah, from okay. trap to you know yeah. housey stuff. And did you uh, back when I was in high school? That's when mashups started to become yeah, more exactly popular. What it is. It's so just, funny uh, how yeah. that works. You just put two songs together. And yeah. Be like, what? What's, what's, I think <laughs> it's a like, bop. <laughs> yeah, and what's cool about the Big Booty is like they you know they break a lot of rules to do that like yeah. they're putting britney spears over like you know some trap artist but yeah. that's like ultimately they're making people smile and people keep coming back to them so that like it works it's been unreal i mean their yeah. their views on or listens on soundcloud are pretty astronomical yeah like, and, and like and seeing it creep its way out from like when i initially found them like people knew what they were but yeah. not everyone and so then now i see like the people i see like post them when they when they first go live I'm like wow they even know about big booty like do you it's guys funny. know? Do you guys the know the creators State. of the Big Booty yeah, remixes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They fun. came to Penn State. A, Greg films some shit. Fun, huh? fun fact. Can I introduce oh, really? you before you tell the story? Yeah, 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 All right. Yeah, uh, yeah. People might be wondering who, probably, who's, who's this third, third voice, voice we here. Always, we always do this. All right. So this is one of my dearest friends in the world, and Kevin. I don't want to make you jealous when I say that, dude. I, I see you a little bit. All right, dude. All right, dude. I, I get it. I, I care about you too. But um, this dude is one of the most genuine people I know, one of the best creative minds I personally know, and I'm excited to have him on the podcast to discuss some of the journeys he has as it pertains to those creative endeavors, work, life, all the good stuff. Welcome, Greg Bresnan. All right. He's here. That was, that, was, that was off the dome. I appreciate that. That, that was, was off genuine. the dome. I it was. It. 
Um, but can you jump into your two friends story now? The two friends story is a, a kind of funny one. Yeah, I had been I. Uh, so this was senior year of college, and, and you were, went to Penn State, right? Yeah, I was at Penn State with okay. Colin. So yeah, I should definitely give the context. But um, I somehow stumbled my way into knowing some people who brought them out for a gig at Penn State, and so two friends were coming, and I I at that point was kind of transitioning. So for context, DJed in college. Uh, went pretty well. Like definitely picked up a lot of you were big. What I would call beer money. Uh, and, and I was so not big by any definition. But you were like, big in the it, school setting. Like yeah, you were like big the, in the. Yeah. Sc- so when I, you say would, DJ, so like everyone's I, a DJ now. Yeah, like everyone. Uh, uh, right, like we had the DJ at our house who yeah, wasn't yeah. necessarily a DJ. Yeah, no. He would control uh, the aux. The aux yeah, no, DJ. I would say it was a notch up from that. Like okay. I was, you know, like I was publishing mixes on SoundCloud. And they were getting oh, okay. like, a good amount of listens and stuff. Like so, you were producing. Nice. I, I I made like one was like basically like a, a remix that I, I took a bunch of stems from from a Martin Garrix song. That song still gets a lot of listens. I don't know why. Is it's that just, the Thanksgiving oh, really? one? No, no, no. It was like a, a remix that was on my SoundCloud. It's I think it's at like 300 k now. I added nowhere. Like I did. What? It doesn't deserve it. What's your name on SoundCloud? I, no, 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 no. We can't. Go we uh, yeah, can it, we it blow it up? <laughs> uh, I do not recommend it. Like full transparency. No, but really, what happened was when I was in high school, I was like, you know what? I feel like. DJing would be a cool way to, like, I, you know, I was just coming out of my whole life of sports, and so wanted to find a way to get plugged into um, something creative. Like, I just felt like this type of calling. College felt like a space to try DJing, and I was like, this yeah. seems interesting. A couple of my friends had been messing around with it in high school, so anyway, that, like, long story short, turned into like my side thing in college and I loved it but I, I never really wanted to go further than college with it I just it was I never want to be a wedding DJ all respect to him that's just like it, it's a hustle that I didn't want to be a part of like in the bigger picture and so anyway fast forward to senior year it'd been like four years of just like having fun with it um learning a lot creatively and so I was asked to open for him and then also film and so I, for me, it, because at this point I had just gotten my first camera. For people who were realizing, I'm like ten steps ahead of myself here. We'll um, unpack it. Take your time. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, like I'd been pretty active with my camera at that point for like a year, and so people had seen some of my work, and I'd been shooting for that club already for some other artists, and so I was definitely gonna be filming. But then I got asked to open, so it was like a full on like I'm gonna be That's in cool. on this night, like yeah. from everything from opening to filming to all that, and so yeah, I mean it was it's funny like when I. You know, I don't know. When I look back and think about it, like it was, it was just like such a crazy circumstance. But and he doesn't think um, he was like, because obviously I was there, kind of with him, like, and I saw how big he was. He was big in the school setting. Like I know you're saying I mean, you're, it, you played at parties with 200 people. I, I'm not saying that's huge, but bro, it was like a cool thing I, you worked on. I definitely on. toured around. Like I, I like it. You in, toured like, around in, the in, local in, area. I yeah. love it. He, tur- he toured around like, fraternities. Like, they called yeah, him yeah. the Avicii of Penn State. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, it was it. it was nothing crazy. But I yeah, love I mean, it. I picked up like I picked up some decent sized stuff, and um, that's awesome. It was never to be clear. If there's anyone in like the music industry listening to this, like I, I mean, I knew how to mix. Like I knew how to mix pretty confidently, yeah. and so um, you looked pretty. I cool. definitely knew how to like. I knew how to still like. I miss it sometimes, and like I feel like I, I definitely passed the bar of like if any DJ. I was opening at that club at stuff my freshman year, and so like people knew they trusted me to play in front of crowds. Like, yeah. It wasn't just like an ox thing, but at the same time, I was not, I mean, I was not anything crazy. It was just, it was for fun. You know, Lauv, am I saying that name right? Love? 
Uh yeah, Lav. Lav. He uh, yeah. So oh my gosh, are you gonna tell him to kill kill? I don't know casting. about that. I don't know if we need that out there, but I'll say I'll save that. I got a sneak preview in the comments. Yeah, I'll save that story for maybe another time when one of my friends uh we bring we bring some a witness to the stand, but. Yeah, Lava graduated high school. With so is, me. He, is he big? Is he considered yeah, he's big? Huge. I don't. Dude, well, I don't no, know. Yeah, he's like, like a, yeah, I mean, he's like not a, in the DJ world. He's but like as a, a pop musician, star. Like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's pretty big. Yeah, yeah he's he's, he's done some pretty significant collabs with legit like legit people. Yeah. So I yeah, mean, that song he like I, graduated high school like, with like, him. Like Sweet and Sour. No, with isn't he in New York City? Like in yeah, that song. I love that song. Yeah, better with better when I'm with you. Maybe whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called, but that song. I mean, I I know you like his music. You don't have to act like you don't know the names of the song, dude. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's got some bops out there. You know, it's funny because he. So it was funny in in a Rolling Stone article. He posted once that, you know, while other kids were downstairs drinking at like in in partying, I was you know making my music and doing that stuff and in reality we were all at his house in his basement and he was just making music to play at said parties yeah wow. so i thought it was funny and that's kind of what dude i mean you did that i know you drank a little bit yeah. in college but you were really no, focused I mean, on your i, I don't want to say hobby-esque endeavors because they've obviously yeah. become more for you but what, we talked about this the other night, actually, bro. Do you remember this when we were saying why did it kind of change from DJing for you? Do you remember that conversation like last week? I mean, I can tell you, I yeah. don't recall this, like if I'm being honest with you, but I, I have, I, my answer won't change. Okay, like, go ahead. Well, for me, DJing, like, there were, it was a weird 50 50 because, yeah, I, I really wasn't drinking when I would DJ. And it wasn't because I thought I was, like, something serious. It was just because, like, I enjoyed DJing and didn't need to be supplementing with getting wasted and, breaking all my gear and like being you know drug around a fraternity so um there was like the component of me seeing you know all these parties from a sober standpoint and you know after the second or third one you're like okay so they're all the exact same thing and it just becomes hard to you know this was my freshman year first semester you start to see the same thing happen on repeat every time and you're like like these people seem to be falling into this trap and and i was i mean i'm feeding the fire by being the dj like by no means i think it was an issue but i just started to see you know this party scene like from the outside in a little bit um just because i was like sober in the middle of it and so then you know go through that for four years playing it probably like at least once a weekend or so more than that yeah and sometimes the full weekend like thursday friday saturday and so yeah i mean it just you start to just it's like rinse and repeat where i didn't want to be partaking that much on the other side of it i'd rather be doing other things with my friends and so that part was always like a a little bit of a battle and then the other half of it was just as a dj it's not your music and so it never felt it was fun like you know getting a crowd like you know into the music and whatever but it was never my song that they were like losing it over and so without me ever owning that feeling like it never felt i didn't get that much fulfillment out of it because i was like oh they love this song but it wasn't my song you never felt like it was truly yours yeah 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 so like like, i never got that that payout of like i'm changing someone's life right now like i'm impacting them like it was just oh i'm playing no i'm playing someone else's music that's getting people excited so it it never quite like ticked that box yeah but don't don't I would say to to that point, don't 
act like it's not a skill because I tried it a couple times and I could not I crash and burn so hard. I was like, yeah, how hard could this be? But actually playing the right songs after yeah. each other and right time, right place. Yeah, right thing. time, right place. It's a little bit more of a gut feeling type of thing. And sure. it's it's hard to do. Yeah. And I give you a lot of credit for yeah. being in those fraternity basements with no BAC because I wasn't going in there without a BAC yeah. of at least one, no yeah. doubt. What? Yeah. A hard one. <laughs> a point one. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say, dude, in those micro moments, it had to be kind of cool to see like people jumping up yeah. and down to the shit it, it, you're doing. Yeah. But it to- I mean, that's true. Uh, this, but when you take a step back afterwards and, you know, you think about it, it's like, ah. You know, I don't the know, carnage. Like, so let <laughs> yeah. me ask you this then. This is an interesting question because I know you were in the same fraternity as me. Then why'd you end up going that route if you ended up seeing like years later that's not kind of the scene you wanted to be in? Because I mean, we uh, made some amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. friends through. Do you mean the route of DJing or no, the route no, no. Of I mean party, the route like, of going just like being a part of that. Being a part of that. I feel like when you know you go to college you're like told it's supposed to look a specific way and so and i feel like it's hard yeah. to, it's so easy to look back now but like part of like hindsight being 2020 like if i didn't check that box what would my life look like and who knows and so like you know i felt like i was partially just filling the stereotype of college like this is what i'm supposed to be doing like you know and yeah. and then yeah. but also then the whole time being a little bit skeptical and like always just kind of still doing what I wanted to do, frankly, that's which what is another topic. That's but. what that's one thing you're amazing at. And we've <laughs> kind of talked about that because in the beginning of college, we weren't really friends given some of the things yeah. I was doing. And again, you really separated yourself from our, the stereotypical yeah. fraternity scene because you were so good at focusing on saying who no. you wanted to be saying no even though there was probably pressure from external circumstances, so right? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I, I probably made fun of you, dude. I'm not even going to lie. Oh, I probably made fun of you. And yeah, you're my best definitely, you definitely peer pressured him. There's no question. Uh, I think that one of the hardest things I even today still think about is like, at what point do you just like throw caution to the wind for the sake of friendship? And then that can spiral really quickly because then you start asking, like, do I have the right friends? Do, what like, do you all mean these caution going? to the wind? But like, help, so like when, when do I just like, you know, take a step back from whatever I'm currently invested in? Just say like whatever, I, whatever everyone's up to tonight, I'm just going to go do that with them. Like I'm just going to go hang out with these people because, you know, I, friendship is important and it's not always so serious. Like I don't have to Ooh. look at it like a formula. Oh, and so we, we differ yeah, on this heavily. There were plenty of times where it was like, okay, if that's what everyone's up to, yeah, I'll, like I'll go because I want to have friends. But then yeah like not to go down that whole you know rabbit hole but it's you have to start asking yourself well maybe that's like maybe they're into different things but when you're in college specifically it's so hard because so many people at large at least in the relative circles i was operating in were all focused on like the same couple of things yeah so that's where it got so hard to to yeah find the other people like i don't know and just enjoy those moments for what they were Something you touched on there is saying no. How did you learn how to say no in that environment? Because personally, oh. I can. I was in a fraternity. I lived in a fraternity, yeah. and saying no in that type of environment is so. Well, I mean, yeah. it, 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 it's really hard. So, how did you learn how to Before do that? Before you answer that question, I also want to say that just because we're saying in a fraternity in college, this is it's obviously going to apply could, to any time yeah. of life. Yeah, well, this, you know is, this is any time you're a part of any social like group or anything and i've come to learn that it's absolutely like we're it's a very easy example to actually use but it right. transfers anywhere 100 percent. but the, to say. saying no actually a lot of the time was natural because i was djing somewhere so a thursday friday saturday night when when everyone else is together i was at some other place djing and so half of the half of the you know situation was just playing itself out and saying no no i, I have a gig tonight like 
and and everyone respected the heck out of that. Like they were so cool about it. Yeah. So they were just like, oh, like sweet. Like can we can we go? And so yeah. it kind of just turned itself a little bit where like I was using that as a solution. And it made some of the other no's easier because they'd be like, no, I've got two, like, I've got back-to-back nights coming up. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to stay back. But there were, don't get me wrong. When you, first st- when you first started, though, did you, did was that no less accepted oh, because you weren't as absolutely. big? Okay. Well, or yeah, you, you weren't it's as tough to say. Defined. I just don't know if I care. I don't, I honestly well, don't know if I cared enough. Like, pe- there were definitely some just blatant no's. Like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. like, that's just not me. And so... I just never took it personally enough. Honestly, I was just like, no, that's not gonna. Yeah, like, that's yeah, that's that's that. awesome. Because so, when, yeah. when you have a commitment, it's a little bit easier to say that no. Like, yeah, I always yeah. found when I was Work training for my Ironman, and people were like, oh, come out and drink. I was always like, no, I have to bike mm-hmm. for five hours tomorrow. And people were like, oh, yeah, yeah obviously, okay. okay. Yeah. You or, two were both. I that actually seems analogous based on the conversations we had. You. You I, maybe were a little bit more conscious in it, Kev. You were a little more subconscious. You were like, "Let's, I, I'm just doing this Iron Man, man. I, I don't care what you guys are doing." Yeah. You understood that, but still made that consciously. Yeah, I am so of like the compromise perspective because I want to, at least in that time frame. You know, I was like mm-hmm. this. I wanted to be accepted by people. And, yeah, and it's such a, a valid thing because I see that side so much though. Because like, you know, everyone like I love the living for human connection and yeah. spending time with people and being close, like building friendships and 100%. stuff so i totally saw the other side when my closest friends are, are saying like but i'm doing this because it's got a time limit on it in two years i won't be able to see you guys like this ever again i'm like okay that's like i do see where you're coming from i just wish we were doing something different and yeah i used yeah. to say that to people all the time like i will like i'm here to hang out with you guys i just would prefer if it's not you know getting wasted at a bar i agree uh, yeah maybe know. there was a little bit more creativity to the fun yeah, in college yeah, every yeah. once in a while and i will say in college i didn't have that I hadn't developed that ability at all. Either so it didn't awesome. happen until after college. So that's pretty impressive. You were able to do that in that moment with so much, so many people around doing the same thing and you doing something a little bit different. That's cool. Um, but something I wanted to get back into was you said you. Yeah, we just went. We just went way off. Yeah, that's yeah. the coolest this thing is, about podcasts. You can. Here. You can. Tangent. I'm circling. Oh, don't worry. I'm circling I'm all the way back the to listeners. the beginning. But don't think you mentioned at that when you opened for. Those two friends. Yeah, yeah. You also did the photography there, and you said yeah. you had gotten into it a year before. Yeah. What caused you to get into there? that? Yeah, oh, really? yeah. How did you do? You think, know somebody who's in photography, or how did that? How did that come to be? I feel like it was just a combination of a lot of things. One was so, like I said, I played sports growing up, and that was the answer for like my whole life. Like I right. loved that was just like my my. Weren't escape. you a Everything goalie? I was a lacrosse goalie. That's so which is like high your yeah. What? I mean, there's a screw loose to me. Like that's all it takes. Yeah, I, I was just about like, to say, don't. Yeah. I, what screws are yeah, loose? Yeah. I don't know, but no, to be a lacrosse I, goalie. I started when I was like ten. There's no looking like at that point. It's just it's just yeah. it, you know you just take them on the chin. It. After yeah, that. seriously. Yeah. Can you imagine getting a ball ripped at your shins, bro? No, dude. I I don't mean to say this like to sound like hard, but you get you you do get used to it to an extent. Like you do it for ten years and you just start to like they hurt they always will hurt but like that you get used to that pain awful. it's like i don't know how to explain it but anyway i so to answer so coming out of that and going to college like a lot changed all at once i went from playing lacrosse like hours and hours and hours a week like really wanted to play in college things like save that story is not even worth it but um 
even thought it was kind of planning to play club when I got to school, and that changed um, really quickly. I didn't when know you that. start to get in, yeah, I just I like the world just opened to me when I got to Penn State. I realized that there was more than the game of lacrosse, and yeah. so then came the DJing, and that kind of opened up like this flood of creativity. And I think that part's important in thinking about how I landed on photography because just like creative thinking and it's like exercising a new part of my brain that hadn't been done before and. So first it was kind of music and then it, it just got me like into a more of like a creative mindset, I think, more frequently. Um, but knowing that music like wasn't necessarily ticking the box for me and clicking, it was kind of just like a, a natural progression where we were going we were going to Europe for like your classic study abroad thing. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to need a camera. And like everyone, you know, goes and buys a GoPro. I, I like upped that game a little bit and bought like a full, you know, kind of like a full camera setup because I was like, I want to start kind of moving away from DJing and figuring out what that next answer is. But then it just like it just started compounding like you then you have like all of like your modern day influences YouTube and I started getting into like different creators there and and diff- and then like Instagram like, who were a couple people you listened or followed like religious oh I mean it started with like your classic outdoor adventure people like Chris Burkhardt and Jimmy Chins of the world so um, I know Jimmy Chin he's he's the dude that did free, free solo, solo right yeah, yeah. His wife. yeah and so like it was like them and and kind of like that outdoor space and that was a connection from sports and kind of made its way over so I was like getting that and then came the YouTube world there like the Peter if there's anyone like the Peter McKinnons of the world who are just these incredible content creators. Like I could go on forever. Sam Elkins, like some of my like biggest influences in photography and in video came from YouTube. And I'm like this young generation that came from having all of this foundation of like YouTubers and photographers on these platforms. And so that just fed a fire. Um, I made a commitment to myself, like no matter how bad they were, I was going to use being abroad as my learning space to like get off the ground. So every place I went, I committed to making a video. And so I did that and you can almost see from video one to whatever it ended up like 10. Yeah. Um, each one, like you, I, I would argue got like a little bit better. Yeah. And, like they're not good. Like they're very much me learning, learning the ropes. Um, but then, then it kind of just kept going. Like I, I went out to Seattle for an internship and I was shooting stuff out there and then I got asked to shoot, um, like the, like the different DJ stuff at Penn state, my senior year. So I was shooting for artists that were coming to the clubs and then I got asked to shoot my first wedding. And so then it just, it just went and, and at the whole time I was just like loving every second of that. And so by the time I graduated, I, you know, I, I think my end of my senior year, I was probably about a year and a half in. And I think I shot, I, I, did, I added it up one time. I think it was 73 people's senior photos in like a three that. week window. I was just pulling, it was the last two weeks of oh, college. Wow. Like there were like no finals. I don't even think yeah. like, I was yeah. just making it to the finish line. And I was just like pulling all nighters, just banging out these senior photos. And that was when I was like, you know what? Like, I think th- this is definitely here to stay. Like people like my work and yeah. it feels, re- and there was just so much, it was so much deeper. And like, I was impacting people by the work I was doing and, that was just like what really solidified it is like that senior sprint. I was shooting for some DJs in Philly and like it was all just moving fast. The wedding like and everything had just taken off. And so, yeah, that was kind of where it how it happened and like what kind of went on. Two questions for you. I want to just mention the YouTube space. You use that as a learning vehicle mm. for that creative outlet. Yeah. And you interesting you said content creation because there are so many nuances to content creation, especially yeah. on a YouTube like on YouTube where it's an open forum platform. So what is their like 
deliverable the people you follow yeah i um, view content creation as maybe fitness people i view yeah, that's content good, creation that's as like logan paul so like, a lot like of that. like the ones like the like specifically i think i said peter mckinnon samuel Elkins, yeah, like those two that's deliver? a videographer and a, photo- or a, a, a really a filmmaker cinematographer and uh and a and a photographer in, in sam Elkins, and really what they are like I guess their YouTube presence is behind the scenes of how they shoot like big, bigger things and how to shoot this. And so like, like, um, Peter's is like, you know, camera hacks and it started as like camera hacks and how I shot this and what, like how to properly dial in this. And it's, it's really educational and tutorial based, but then you start to buy into the, like any content creator, you start to buy into Peter McKinnon as a person and you learn, and then it just unravels into a million videos. And it's the same thing on the photography side. Like I was watching, you know, how to, how to pose so-and-so or how to, you know, take pictures of your friends or how to, you know, the best, like my favorite lenses for XYZ situation. And like, it just, it just. It is Casey Neistat a big that. deal? I watched a lot of Casey. And, for you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's a good example of like of just like a vlog. I've never really wanted to be a vlogger. It's not – I mean, you know me. Like it just doesn't quite make sense for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Casey was a big one because he's all about just like keep it simple. Like my story is what will make people want to keep coming back. I'm daily vlogging from New York City. And there was no like overcomplication to his videos. It was just learning how to tell stories like in a day. And so that was like cool in itself. And, and he blew up just because of the consistency oh I mean, of which he did. And he's a hard, he's a hard ass worker, he, but he's yeah. so consistent with he's what creative. he did. Yeah. And then the other thing I was going to say, it's so interesting. We talk, you and I, we Kev, we like look up YouTube videos on how to do certain CrossFit lifts or like you're studying magic right now or whatever. <laughs> I'm not studying magic right now. It's <laughs> like a weird, a weird little thing I got into for a second. You're though. shuffling like, cards though. No, but I'm just saying it's so interesting that you as someone who was following this journey of like um, photography and videography, yeah. drone shooting, that there are so many niches to yeah, yeah. There's what a million. You learn uh, yeah, and wedding specifically wedding right. wedding channels on like how to shoot, you know, how to shoot your first wedding, how to like tap into the audio of the of the like. There's so many details and things that you can just get lost. And next thing you know, you've just like binged you know six hours of tutorials on how to just shoot different things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've definitely been in that rabbit hole of the, the YouTube. Yeah. The first thing you're you're doing, you're watching one thing. Next thing you know, you're watching five hour reruns of the yeah. Magic Bullet. Uh, uh, you know, reruns of of the infomercial. You know. Yeah. Maybe that's not your cup of tea, but yeah, I, something I want to get back to is it, it seems like you wanted to get into something to flex this creative muscle that mm-hmm. you have. Sure. What do you think influenced you to do that? Like, do you have any people around you yeah, that are creative? Like your parent, are your parents super creative or anybody no, that you look up particular. to? I wouldn't see I your dad no, going out no, there to make these no. videos. Yeah. I, that's what's crazy is like, I don't know. I don't. I think it's like almost the opposite. I came from, you know, like awesome family, but no one particularly in the creative space in my immediate family. And it was more so like when I came out of that sports phase of my life and was looking for the the next thing, it just started checking a box like that was fulfilling to me. Um, But it didn't come from any like single thing in particular. I think it was just like the enjoyment. Honestly, I think it comes back to one thing that I in general just enjoy which is just like learning and so it was something so fresh like i was breaking every rule like i was just enjoying being bad at something and that that like mindset i think transfers to everything whether that's like you're dipping into yeah different types of fitness and all these other things like it's just a matter of like learning something new and loving and for me like photography and videography every day still feels like i'm just like 
learning something really small even, but like always something more to unravel. And so yeah, there's two things I would I genuinely say about you that I feel like I learn from you is nervous. What? I'm just like scared what you're gonna say. I'm scared. <laughs> I mean um, okay. okay. Anyway, <laughs> I was gonna say you are so genuinely curious about different endeavors and you mentioned the other thing which I love is you just have this genuine ability to want to learn and yeah. I don't come by that naturally at all like yeah. I don't sit down and be like all right I want to watch this 30 minute YouTube video of how to do an Olympic lift like I don't always have that yeah. it yeah. seems like it's always in you like what's that one show Masterclass, you watch? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm an avid. Yeah. I'll Dude, watch that right now. Like Anything and everything he wants to watch. Yeah. But it. Yeah. this is what I'll say about that, though. It has not gotten you in bad circumstances, but sometimes you, and it's we've an talked about this, you direct your energy in 50 million yeah. Thousand 100%. places. That's a number, yeah. by the way. Fifty million thousand. Look at yeah, that's a, is yeah, that a statistic you came up with? Yeah, Where are those numbers dude. coming from, dude? It's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're definitely right. You're definitely right. It's like a jack of all trades situation. Yeah. And master of none. But fine. It's almost like you know. I've been. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint here. And like when I think about it, it's like I don't care that I spent three years like messing with DJing and I'm never going to like never touch it again because it took me somewhere in that experience to then photography, which I've set, I've realized is like a pillar. Like that's going to stay with photography though. Now you're trying to find. And yeah, now I'm taking that like a layer deeper where, like where am I really going to sit in that space and Excel and like build my business to be known for. And so, and that like, I'm, I'm kind of taking my good old time. Like I want to be expanding into yeah, right now, like now real estate shooting for gyms recently, like in the past year has really been big for me. Uh, what came from originally shooting for DJs, like, and it was it, like right now, I just refuse to put that limit on myself because I'm just open to learning and shooting all these different things and seeing like how that unfolds because it's such a long game that I'm looking to play. That's I don't need amazing, to just call bro, it right now. That's an amazing fucking perspective. It's amazing because you're right. You're 24. Are you 25? No, you're, you're 24. 24. You're 24. Um, Young buck in the seat. <laughs> but no, I'm saying the coolest thing about that is your show, right? We, we are young and it's like we've talked about this on other podcasts, bro. But it's like there shouldn't be necessarily limits. You should just try yeah. and find things in this huge mile wide scope that then yeah. you can go in deep on and you're doing that with photography i mean yeah and i, I do want to eventually though get to why we're here with the deeper well yeah i feel like i just yeah that's yeah. an no i wanted all of that i yeah. loved all of that but what i want to get into is how do you balance that with an extremely sex or stressful job excuse me like yeah how well, do you create go out there and do all these things when you are working it's not even close to a nine to five i know it's way longer than that but yeah. how do you kind of strike that balance it, that works for you there is like no question that there oftentimes just isn't a balance. It right. can go all over the place, whether that's in the work direction. Sometimes I can sneak away and not, and not be in the work direction. Yeah, that's that's rare right now yeah. in my life. But I think there's two things. One, I'm actually directly out of a different podcast. But one time Chris Burkhardt, one of my favorite photographers, said, he said, you've got a stove with limited you know gas coming to it. And you, you can't have all your burners on high. Like you, you just can't. You have to balance them. And so if you've got you know relationship and family in one and you've got career and then a side hustle and then let's say fitness is the fourth burner, you can't have all four on high and sustain that. It's not going to work. So for me, it's just like a juggle of where is that time going? And there's ones that are more sustained for me, like my relationship and my family. Like that needs to stay you're very oriented in there that needs to stay flatlined at whatever that is or you know maybe like with slight adjustments but 
then there's that like the ones that I constantly am trying to fight with are like unfortunately fitness fitness and creativity like they definitely fight each other especially yeah. when I'm you know I'm, I'm moving all over the place to shoot these different things like it's yeah like I'm not disciplined enough to you know like just work out in a basement like my basement nearly yeah. as well as you guys are but like that's beside the so it's playing with it's like you know it's just good being, being consciously aware that I'm gonna be making a trade off and that's okay but then I think. The other thing is looking at that long game and reminding myself of that. So like right now, yeah, work work dominates a lot of my time. There's no question. But I'm doing that, realizing I've got a, a life of however many years that I'm going to have to be working. You know, let's say it's another 40. Like it's okay if right now that burner for two years, let's say, is heavy. And as long as I'm keeping the other one on, I'm okay with that. Like I, it's an active choice. and Great perspective. I choose – yeah, I mean I, I love – like the reality is I love the stability of having my full-time job and I still find That's, enjoyment like to some degrees in that and that I'm learning over there. Um, yeah. I mean, if in a perfect world, yeah, I'd love to just be like a, a photographer, videographer, whatever the space that looks like as a freelancer of my own and have like a studio of my own, but that's like, who knows? Like, that's just, that's like some, you know, future state that right now, like, no, it doesn't make sense for me. Like right. I like, I like the, the tension that it creates in my life. It, it can be busy though. That's yeah. No yeah. And something, what, Something I want to clarify. What is your full time job? Yeah, yeah. So I work. I work for. I don't know if like how you can, disclose. You probably you don't have the, to, the, the don't tech have to give company the company of the world. You don't have the, to give the company yeah, name. The if you tech don't want and to. supply chain company of the world. You work, and I work. What in do you advertising. do? What do you do for them? So I work in advertising. I work. I'm like client facing, and and I basically launch ad campaigns. Um, okay. Yeah. For a very very. Was that directly related to your major at Penn State or not even not close? So I yeah. That's even a funny story in itself. Job transition, big one. Yeah. We kind of talk through that a lot. I kind of want to get into that actually. Sure. Yeah, I so I studied supply chain. Um, okay, I actually love. I I look back. I I really I do like like the degree I came out with. I felt like I learned so much and it was interesting to me. Yeah. Um. And there's so many directions that were appealing about it. Very so, applicable in this. Yeah, and right like now. I was really like the different like like corporate social responsibility, sustainability directions that I was curious about that ultimately didn't go down that path. Yeah. But like still, I think it's so it was so amazing to learn and and so supply chain as a whole, I I just I it's. It clicks to me. Um, it but makes for a context, lot of sense. Yeah, it know? does make sense for me. I picked it the night you had to put your major in, sophomore <laughs> year. I remember where I was standing on the phone with my parents in an apartment that I was living in. I was like, I think I'm – like, I, I remember – rewind like six months before that i was at like a career fair for practice my sophomore year like did not was not gonna land anything i was just practicing my elevator pitch and like i told someone that i was i was planning to be a risk management major and they're like okay like i'm not sure what risk management is what is it and i was like your answer is as good as mine like i don't even like i know like i i knew what like you would read off of like penn state's you know like list of majors like i i knew that much but like i really couldn't get into detail so i was like what am i doing like i need to take a step back and so um yeah then like the night i had to choose my major i went with supply chain like kind of just like so to be clear i guess what i'm getting at is it wasn't like a calling i had by any means um going into school i was undecided and then picked that the last night i had to sophomore year uh ended up with that degree was working in operations in fulfillment. I was a fulfillment manager. Um, okay. I was an intern, and then I became full time, and I did that for at a the year. same company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If anyone doesn't hasn't Can put I the just pieces, say yeah, at this point, yeah, it's yeah, Amazon. Yeah. Like it's not like they're pretty. They're yeah, pretty I mean, big name. Pretty pretty big name. Yeah. Um, Got a couple packages lying around here. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that first 
and and so this is it's interesting because I think this is applicable to like this podcast. That first role I was in out of school, I was working Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday overnight from about let's say like four or five p.m. till six a.m. Oh, so Jesus. I'm you know this is my first and I'm like <laughs> yeah. right outside of New York City where all my friends are. Yeah. Um, and I'm you know I'm getting like like drunk Facetimes from them that are like, where are you on a Friday or Saturday night? Like. Up in in the beginning, I was like, "This sucks." Like, yeah, I can't see any of my friends. And then it just, then I just was no longer hearing from anybody because they're, like, "Oh, that kid just works." <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah. God. So, but yeah, and gotcha. But okay. um, that was the, like I tell everyone, and kids have actually still like they reach out to me about this job, and they're like, "Should I like should I do it?" I have an interview about it. It like rocked my world in such great ways because who else is off Sunday morning through Wednesday evening? Like my Mondays and Tuesdays were comical in the beginning. I had nothing to do. Took up rock climbing in in Hoboken where I was living and just like kind of just found ways to keep myself busy. Made a couple friends there too. Yeah, and, I remember that. Um, but it was such an interesting time because it was a forced, it was almost just like the DJing thing. It was a forced break away from the norm. Like I was against the grain where like the reality of my life was just making decisions for me to take me out of those scenes that I could have been in. Um, so like instead of being at a bar on a Friday night, I was, I was at work. And so that just changed the dynamic of my world. I mean, yeah. And and it was hard. Yeah, definitely hard work, but I want to get into that. What were like some of the mental battles? Cause I kind of remember them in like passing conversations. Obviously we talked a lot through it, like just being friends, but what are some of the mental battles you kind of face being in a job for a long time that, I mean, if we're being honest, you didn't really enjoy. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, the mental battle is like I was learning so much there at right. a rapid speed. I was managing uh, teams of people. Like, I, you know, you're fresh out of school, and all of a sudden you've got 50 people asking you, like, "Oh, what do I do right now?" Like, I just got here for <laughs> yeah, and like every wow. every That's awesome. every minute is like money out the drain to Amazon. So it, it it's so important to like you know you're like learning quick thinking, like management skills, how to how to work with your team and how to develop people, yeah. like how to coach them and how to like bring people up. And so there were like, there was so, so much to take away from like a leadership standpoint and how to manage. Decision making. Quick decision making. That was something yeah, that you struggled with, bro. I still do. You still do, but you got better at the job. I remember yeah, you would yeah. be like, dude, like having to make some of these decisions is really Split hard. Split second. And yeah. you just have to, yeah. And you and got better at it. Yeah, yeah, it's well, true. Well, what do you mean you weren't good at them? Like what, I mean, what was you, the hardest uh, part? People who know me know I'm like so indecisive. My girlfriend always makes fun of me. Like if we're at a, if we're at a store and like, let's say there's like two shirts that maybe they're like slightly different colors. I will stare at them for so, so long. Like I cannot make up, like Colton <laughs> would be like, dude, it's, it doesn't matter. Like it's a shirt, like just, just like you've kind you of done that to me. But, and I will just flip back and forth. Like, no, this could be it. No, 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 no. I think this should be it. And so like, I, it could be something that small. It could be like, fitness? I, I'm just You do indecisive. that with fitness sometimes? Yeah, totally. That it's like, oh, I want to get stronger, but also I want to train yeah, for an I'm, Ironman. Yeah, I'm constantly flip-flopping. Like there's just, it, yeah, it can literally be paralyzing. And honestly, fitness is a good example because you could see it. It's like, for how much time this kid puts in, like, <laughs> why does he look like that? And it's because like, I, I'm just kind of like all over the place. We'll get into that yeah. in a little bit. But yeah. so what... What ultimately made you make a change and kind of how did you do it? Because I hear you say, or do you want to go Let ahead? me ask Shoot. you something about mm-hmm. leadership because coming into a job where you have to manage 50 people yeah. right out of college with basically, I mean, no experience. Of course. Yeah, no. An it's really hard. I can't yeah. imagine how hard it is to deal with the fact that like you know you don't know anything, but these yep. people are coming to you for answers. So yeah. what was the, yeah, what was the biggest lesson you learned 
from on leadership within yeah. that type of position. I, I think like the one that jumps out to me is just like humility. Like the, like the people around you, there's something to learn from every single person that whether they were above me, below me, did not matter. Like I just really, really embraced like who I think it just comes back to like being who I was as a person, deep rooted, like respecting every single person that I was working around, knowing that there were people who'd been there for four years in the same role hourly that are that know a lot. And I can say, listen, I know I'll never like you might know more than me about a specific subject in this role. But like, that's, that's why I'd love to have you on my team. And like, just being able to admit like, you know what, I I don't know right now, or like, this is new for me, like, let me and just like being able to, to admit your losses, like your, your, your flaws, and then um, just be like, you know, open minded to taking something from everyone and just finding a way to like, can make them I, I think when I walked in every day it was like how do I make someone want to be here today like yeah. when those people are there for the you know their fourth straight year like how do I make them feel like they want to be at least working for me a little bit today and yeah like, so how did you go how did you go about do that doing that like, yeah, like every single day I remember one of my one of my mentors said you need to know the Ford at a minimum of everybody and it's family occupation recreation and dream and so if I couldn't tell them, if I didn't know anything about their family, I knew about their job. But we some need of them like had two jobs. a button to hit when it's like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Damn, son. I but love like, that. I, it started, unfortunately, a little bit of a formula where I felt like, let me at least ask these like questions That's that are wrong. a little bit templated because I got to crack. I got to crack into these that's like, not everybody. wrong and i wanted to i and i truly wanted to know but those were good guidelines to try to think about so i would try to embrace like the forward of my team and like could i really tell you about the, like this person's dream do i know what they want to be doing like what what's what's making them be here right now and so like when when your manager comes up in this type of like cutthroat environment and instead of telling you know giving them some direction of like go you know go faster do this better like to then just be like hey like you know like what happened for, over your weekend or like, you know, like I, I sometimes I just mess with them and be like, you care you prefer, yeah, strawberry or grape jelly. Like I would just mess with like, I just yeah, like, yeah. get to know people. And that would take the edge off of like some of the, the challenging conversations and getting their buy-in so that they're like, I oh, know, like I want to work for Greg. Like I, I enjoy doing this. Like he makes me at least kind of care about this and see a bigger picture. And so it was just like breaking it down to a human level, but then also like still calling the shots when you have to. That's like, yeah having but you it's like putting money in the bank so that when you have to have those conversations or ask someone like on good faith to do something for you that's a little bit extra like they're willing to because you you're you know at a, it's it's not so transactional yeah it's point. at a personal level and something i think that facilitates is trust and vulnerability which are so important yeah if you're going to be yeah. a young person in a leadership role because if those people don't trust trust you and know that you're vulnerable with them yeah. They're not going to be the ones that, you know, that have the four years of experience are going to help you out. They're going to be like, all right, screw this kid. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, want, exactly. he doesn't want to, he doesn't and know what I, what yeah, my life's they get like. A, there's a lot of managers it's constantly moving. Like, like I said, right. there's so many different like shifts and so much can change. People have a lot of managers and like, it just becomes this, you know, re- repetition for them sometimes too. And so it was like, all right, how do I like, how do I be a little bit more than just another manager? Like, how do I connect with them? Like, what if I bring them donuts? It costs me 25 bucks to bring in, you know, however many donuts, like, and just like, don't tell them and then just have them like that, that could make someone's day. Yeah. And it's just, it, just, it didn't take anything, you know? Yeah. Like, the smallest things. a little bit things. of forward thinking. Yeah. 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 The one thing I wanted to at least hit on was a huge misconception I had about leaders was that they needed to know all the answers. Oh, and yeah. when I get into the workforce and I talk to my manager, who's been there for 30 years, every time he asks for advice, he says, listen, guys, 
I don't know the answers. Yeah. I'm hoping the information skill sets you guys have can help me formulate the best answer to the problem yeah. or the best solution to the problem we're having. And yeah, and I think that makes you have a very great perspective to be a leader. You know? Like, yeah, and I think like part of part of it was on that note when I could help, never making the same trip up twice. Like l- I wanted to still hear. If I didn't know the answer, I wanted to learn it so that either next time I would be able to answer it or I could take it back and get the bigger picture than what they were looking at. So like they might they, someone might say like, "Well, why do I need to why do you need this to be done this way?" And if like if I'm asking for something without explaining any context, it's going to mm-hmm. make it a, a pretty high friction experience whereas right. if I'm saying like, "Let's take a step back and think about this." Like, you doing it this way saves Amazon this much money or it gets this many more packages out the door and whatever context, like however you want to paint that. Um, then people are like, oh, okay. Like, I think I, I understand why you're asking me then. And yeah. so it, beca- and so it was like, sometimes it is, yeah, I just love that you're my expert for this and I'm going to completely trust you. And people, those are the people who take the trust and run with it and develop and become more and more. And you just keep adding a little bit more into that bucket for them. And so next thing you know, they're, they're like, uh, you know, a monster. They're just waiting to be promoted. Like, and you just build up these people that way. But then on the other hand, there's the other ones where you're just going to want to know how to speak to the business and like you know, help them see bigger pictures, but own their own space. Right. With the advice you just gave, dude, do you read at all? Like I'm the worst reader of all time. If my family listens to this, they will attest to that. I am not. Isn't it crazy how good the information is that he's giving? And I, I feel like I'm hearing you say things that I've heard in other books, whether it's like extreme ownership by Jaco, like I'm hearing things that he says and I'm like, wow, I read that in a book. Yeah, where yeah, sometimes does that it's just learn from? learn by doing, you know. Yeah, I well, know. I think that comes with you. You had a unique experience of getting thrust into a position where you yeah. had to manage people yeah. from a, the start, the get-go. which yeah. is so hard. And that's awesome because you were able to learn those lessons so quickly. To get to that, what what was the biggest failure that you faced in that position over your oh, time yeah. period? There, I think. I think it's it's even it. You could zoom out and see it in my life is like having hard conversations like learning that was just it wasn't like there was a single moment where i just completely whiffed but like consistently it my challenge was how do you have the especially on the you know the the hardest ones where you don't have money in the bank with someone to have that hard conversation like the ones that i would define as truly hard because you are you allowed to tell us what they are those hard conversations like uh like yeah like letting someone go so right. letting someone go that yeah. you don't even know like that kind of thing you had to, you had to yeah do that. yeah yeah and like those conversations like really? can be really hard and, and you get better at that kind of thing and when you understand like the context and but even beyond that like just those in the moment like i have to say no to you right now for reasons i don't have the time to explain like i just need you like this is what i need to get done for us to have an effective day at work and yeah. like those small conversations where if you do that too many times, you lose someone's trust or like you, like those conversations can be hard because it's not like you're going to, like you're looking at it as an immediate A or B is going to happen. But I'm constantly thinking about if I keep doing this, like I'm like, I'm going to wear someone out or like, and it's, it's like, how do I, it's almost like a sales thing where it's like, how do I effectively communicate what I'm trying to get done so that I have the other person's buy in? And that was so hard. Just like how to have effective conversation when things were against the grain when someone didn't when i knew that someone wasn't going to want to do what i needed help getting completed like the task at hand yeah those conversations like those were tough how did you persuade them then you said it's sales right it goes back well but it and and then in that sense it's not sales because we end up like we're batting for the same team here and so for me it was that for like what i was going back to with ford like how do i like how do i just 
you have to get build people that to want to be here and want to work for me and like how do i know them enough where like this becomes a com- like if i were to it'd be like if i asked you to do something versus a stranger you're gonna you're 10 times 100 times more likely to help me i don't even want to put a number on that but <laughs> you're gonna like chances are you're gonna help me and yeah. the stranger's not and you're that's right. kind of how i just like took on the whole thing like, i love it like if these people know me, they might want to help me. Yeah, um, and and something I think you touched on is if you know that person's forward, so to speak, those yeah. those conversations get a lot easier. Even though yeah. they're not, you might not think that that forward is applicable in this situation because it's just straight business talk. Yeah, it's going to be applicable, of course. And and then some of them, it's immediate because they want they want to grow within the company, and like then it's like okay, then I'm going to remind you of that. Like when I want you to take a step back and take on a new challenge. Well, what's that going to do for you getting that next promotion? It's going to give you a story to tell. And so sometimes it was that. It's like, hey, don't lose sight of why you're here. Like, And it was those reminders to people like, didn't you say you wanted this? And then they'd be like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. not to point like a finger at you, but this would be a good opportunity to learn X, Y, Z. Like yeah. now's the time to put in that sweat That's equity. It. Or- Dude, that's sales though. What you just mentioned is very selling, yeah, right? Yeah. So I talk to an advisor. I'm talking to whoever I'm selling our, our service and technology to. It's like, we talked about your goals six months ago. You wanted to be at and, X amount, yeah. right? I want We're, to talk to you about yeah. how we do that. And it happens to be in the, the service weeds. You got to get provide, in the weeds with but, that. And if people forget to zoom out and remind yeah. themselves, it can, yeah, yeah. That's great. But sales is, commu- I mean, it's communication. Like yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like a, yeah. Just Don't give us too much. We're having a whole sales podcast tomorrow. It's a big week for the oh, yeah, podcast. Yeah, big week for the podcast. But I interrupted you like probably 30 minutes ago. Asking yeah, about the transition no, we'll to that get, job. Yeah. That so, was a yeah, yeah. dude, great question. It just went into a forty-five minute tangent yeah, about leadership, go. and you have an amazing perspective. Yeah, so I'm happy yeah, we went there. Crazy. Yeah, but talk about that job transition because I know I I feel like we had fifty conversations. Yeah. What, about what what caused yeah, it, yeah. and why did you want to transition to the the spot yeah, you went? I think it was like, well, to be like like I said, it, it's a weird like complex because i was learning so much in that role and i was getting a lot out of it and like the experience was was awesome in some regards but it wasn't checking the deepest box that goes back to like a creative spirit and trying to get towards like more of me like i felt like the role wasn't showing off me and my best self like yeah yeah, i could do it but it wasn't clicking as as far as it could and so to be at a company where i could jump over to a whole other department and people be willing to take that risk it was like what, there's no other place I could do that. Like I didn't think it was like, how am I going to leave this whole degree and first job behind? Like the only way I thought I could do it is like, this is going to be here. And so I saw the listing in New York and, and I happened to be able to connect my way over and just get a coffee with a hiring manager through someone I knew a, a dear friend of mine yeah. and ended up being able to strike the conversation over coffee and turn that into, into the, the job that really I felt like was a better pairing to who I am like with my freelance work and trying to get towards a more creative profession and it was it was like okay if I'm going to start bottom up like now's the time to try to jump ship before I'm three more promotions up and then I have a change of heart like now's the time so I just I that's like it was just it was as quick as like let's get a coffee and talk about the reality of making this happen and so I want to unpack it a little bit more than that because I know you had some mental battles and I was yeah. kind of a part of those yeah. throughout that time. But I want to say the one thing you did as an amazing perspective for people or just for us in talking about it is you did always focus on the skills you were learning in that job when you were working 12-hour shifts yeah. at night for four days a week, right? 
there's a lot of things that if we talk about the statistics of what that job is that are tough, but you always did focus on the skills you were building. Yeah. And because you kept that kind of positive mindset, or we'll call it at least logical mindset for that year, year and a half, however the long, long the job was, it allowed you to be confident that you, you did a really good job in that role and that you could maybe get yeah. a new role with well, a different and, manager. Yeah. Like you know? that role was going well. Like, and I think I was able to prove through – I had just – yeah, I had just gotten promoted in my first role and I, I went back a step to take on this role. But that was a good, also a good proof of like, you know, I have – I think I have skills that are applicable anywhere at, at entry level and I, I'm here to just learn. Like, and I, I kind of pitched myself. They were like, why, you know, why advertising? And I said, well, it matches me in – like I think this is going to let my real colors potentially show better. And like, you know, I, I think that – baseline i can do i've checked off that I, i've proven to somebody that i'm worth keeping around this place and that's what i want to say though because it's so easy in the first job out of college yeah. to be like all right maybe i'll half-ass this job because this isn't where i want to be you know like yeah, it's yeah yeah easy. it is There's i could totally of, it's easy see to that. check out i totally. could totally see that and be like all right i'll just wait to the next one where i actually care yeah. but the only way for you to get to that next position is for you to work your ass off show those people that are your hiring managers that you're worth hiring yeah, because you have those true. amazing attributes and you did a fantastic job. And you need a manager job. to speak to it too. Like you need your managers to go to bat for you in your current role and say like, you know, yeah, he's worth your time. Like he, yeah. he's, he's teachable. Like he can learn all the things you need to get him on board for. And like I said, I, I don't, I truly don't think it could have been done any later because once you, there's a, a point professionally where when you've been promoted, like you can't move over. It's like tough. it's just well, you yeah, like, uh, you're gonna have to take a, a step back. Yeah, a and big, that's hard to do. Yeah, if they're even willing to figure that out for you, exactly. And so, like yeah. for me, it was just like the perfect storm of now's the time to do it. Like yeah. there's job openings to do it. This like this manager's on board to let to at least interview me to to pull me in for interviews. And so that's that's how it went. Yeah, something yeah. I wanted to touch on there is is something we talked about with networking and you Ooh, said yeah, you great point. before you even got into the interview if I'm correct, yeah. it sounds like you met with this this manager yeah. and had coffee. Yeah. So how did you facilitate that? Uh, an email. Well, an email. because yeah, like there's the job posting and so I was literally like yeah, it was as easy as like well, and it was also just as much a tryout to be like, let me like let me learn it. Do I actually want to make this jump because my career in fulfillment's going Get well? Get something out of that. Meeting. Yeah, so I it was like it was a little bit of both, but obviously I'm there to sell myself, but quietly collect like, does this feel like I should be doing this? Because yeah. as soon as I was gonna you know break that news to my team at the time, like that could put me on a career halt if they think I'm eager to leave. Yeah. So like it was like a balance of I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna feel this out make sure that it checks the boxes I want it to and also see if it's realistic that I can get my foot in the door. So had that conversation and then it's like, he's like, you know, I think you should apply. And so then it's it's time to have the conversation with my current managers and uh, you could toss that up as to how to go about like those nuances. I, it probably depends on like the company and the circumstances. Yeah. But for me, that's that's how it progressed, yeah. And I always position this. Did you have something to follow up in that? Yeah, I was going to say, how did you figure out that the the right person to reach out to? It, and with. that was easy well because it had like the hiring manager oh it did so it i did. okay it was as easy as like click email like yeah right what, what did that email look like shout out amazon yeah, yeah. easy yeah, to right. do everything because this is this is something that's hard because you're mm -hmm. you're somebody who's outside of his mm -hmm. immediate benefit right so you're you're to the right yeah and you're sending an email he doesn't know you so what yeah. did that look like it was uh if I, I mean, I have to think it, about it. It was roughly, remember, it was roughly it? like you know, like you know, hello, so and so, like um, 
I'm like reaching out to inquire to learn more about the role that's posted on this position. Um, yeah, and then it was like, um, you know, currently like I'm working in this space of the business, um, and like because of be, like I'm really interested in learning more. I didn't say I'm interested in working for you. I just said I want to learn more about this role because I think it matches me as a person. And I just explained I was like, you know, like I've been working a year and a half in fulfillment, but I think like this aligns really well with my interests in the direction I'm looking to go professionally. Um, like I, I just said blatantly, like, do you have, could I put time on your calendar for a coffee, you know, next week or whatever to learn more about the role and potential fit. And like, it was that easy. And it, like, that's all I, I left it at. Yeah. And I, so, I love that. Cause you, you basically all you, all what you did there is, you provided him the ability. All he had to do was respond and say yes, and then you yeah. can, can you I have that out. Can I put fifteen on your calendars? Yes. And he was just like, count. He, I think his reply was like, "Hey, Greg, so great to hear from you. Calendars up to date. Yeah, put, throw it on." So like, boom, there it was. And then in the then I started backtracking. Went in like find out who works under like who can I learn a little bit about so I'm not going in completely blind so that he knows I did a little bit of research and like yeah. I kind of my bearings. And so then by the time you get to the interview. It's like, oh, I've, I've actually talked to people in role. Like I have a decent idea about, you know, this and I, that's what like, and it still interests me. Yeah. It's not you, just belonging. You picked up a little, I'm sure you picked up some, some of that Ford in those conversations mm-hmm. that you had with those people before you even had the yeah, actual the interview with them. So that's cool. Yeah. I think that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something, but now I kind of forgot. Oh, sorry, bit. I blew you off. You oh, this is what I was going to say. You were talking about the nuances to like transitioning from Within a job. A business, each yeah, business, and yeah. we had this conversation the other day, and I think it was it was a podcast that went pretty well for us. But one thing I personally believe is that if you were to have the conversation with, say, both managers were in the room, right? You did a fantastic <laughs> job at the job you're currently in. But the way you position it to the hiring manager who might not know you is, listen, I have done an incredible job at this job over here at job B, but I want to go to job A because that aligns with me as a person. Imagine what I could do. Imagine what I could do and imagine how much more successful I could make the company. Like I don't understand how any managers, unless they feel like that you personally slighted them, they're probably – a little bit soft yeah. like i'm i'm not but i'm saying logically it doesn't make sense for you to stay in a position that doesn't align with your best skill sets because not only will it not help you it won't help the company yeah maybe i'm also, too logically yeah. i think no, about this fair. stuff logically I, I try to at least yeah and i think to a small degree there since my skill sets are still so young it wasn't like it's a massive change in skill set like yeah. it's just a per- level of professionalism at this level where it's like now is the it was more so proving that i had like the mindset and personality to be like forward in my role and really like curious and stuff and to take it on even more than this physical tangible skills it was part of it was just selling me as a person saying like i learned this job in a year and and people will speak highly what i can do it with here and i think it'll match perfectly and so like it was equally as much like betting on the jockey as it was like you know, not the skills. I mean, at entry level, you can pick up like the reality to me is you can learn any entry level role. Great point. Like great point. You can learn it. And I think that's a talks about a lot about interviewing. I mean, we talked about interviewing a lot of times when you're getting out of college, bro, people just want to see you have the mindset and you have the potential and the eagerness to learn the excitement factor. You don't come in with all the skills it, to manage scary. a fifty-person yeah. team. Like but you when you're in college, that's scary. Agreed. You know? I just wanted like, to yeah, yeah. yeah. But throw like, that you're out thinking there. that they need this like perfect fit answer, but like it's you know not to put down entry level like I'm, you're looking at it, but yeah, yeah. Or like roughly, and I shouldn't say entry level, but like basically the lowest 
part of the the organization. Like getting in when you're still young. Is yeah, but even on the upside, but, bro. Not even entry. Yeah. Like yeah. if I was to get a promotion, there's things that I wouldn't well, yeah, know like at that next position. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like. They want to see you have done the job you're in today well enough that you could adapt and overcome and learn in the next role, right? They hire you for that new role based on the job you do in your current run. Don't forget that. Yeah, and I think a big part of the intricacies of of changing with an organization and talking to your manager is you had that conversation figured out evaluated whether that would be a good fit for you then you came back and then you had those conversations before yeah, yeah. before then you applied rogue. to the job correct yeah yeah, yeah. so that's something yeah. i did Feel it out. when i did that i made it an organization move and a big part of that conversation was thanking them for everything they've done for me right so yeah. they got you oh, to yeah. that next they space. Get you and right I still, space i still cherish some of those like relationships i built like absolutely my managers yeah. like people that i still will shoot a message to here and there and yeah yeah like there's no nothing but respect there for sure yeah definitely didn't awesome. burn a bridge on the way out like yeah don't want to do that yeah do yeah, yeah, not. i don't want to ever it, yeah. be non-transparent with a manager no. and, and apply for a job within an organization yeah. and then they find out through yeah. somebody else that yeah. you They're apply for that job find yeah. out bro. yeah that's not it's not a good look and it's also to that point you might be scared of telling them but you're also giving them the opportunity to know that this is probably going to happen yeah. or it could happen yeah so and yeah, no one's going to be thrilled about losing talent at the yeah. end of the day but you got to realize but that. they can give you feedback dude they have so much more experience i'm always yeah. for the side like from a principal standpoint of just being more transparent than not like i yeah. i think that is like a safe fundamental principle is to go with that. Like I'm sure there's some circumstances it can be bad for you, but I feel like if you have to have a gut reaction, go to the transparent versus the closed off side of things. Yeah. And anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You just have to learn. I think you just learn that with time. Yeah. Oh, just learn those conversations to have for sure. I want to get into one last thing because I think we did a great job on the, the work and then the, the photography and like kind of entrepreneur aspect of your life. But yeah. can we get into fitness a little bit? Dude, we haven't yes. talked about fitness yeah. in a long I mean, time. Yeah, I yeah. know. I kind of miss it a little bit. That we do it all the, every day. Uh, we do it. I'm, I'm saying we, don't, <laughs> yeah. we haven't talked about it. It's on the, the podcast. But so what I wanted to get into, you ran a marathon last year. So sh- shout out to you with that. Yeah, how, how bad was that? It, in what angle? Which I mean, did you training? like it? No, I like, loved it. Did I you? loved it. Yeah, I like. I mean, like, let's rewind here. I was a goalie, so I'm not a runner. Like, yeah. I was a lacrosse goalie. You know, I had to fight. You got the frame I had for to fight. a runner, though. I I have the frame for a lot of the things I've now found, but I'm missing <laughs> everything else. Yeah. So. Like, you know, it's tough being a goalie because you're still in the same sprints as everyone else. Ah, yeah. It, but you somehow – You have you know, a different, you you have an, a different expectation. Th- yeah, but <laughs> – Just don't finish yeah, last. Yeah, yeah, for me, it was don't yeah. finish last. Don't yeah. be that guy. Like, and, But I was finishing middle of the pack without yeah. actually putting in the true – you know, building like the base of, yeah. you know, cardio and all that, all that stuff. So anyway, I get like, go to college and like running was not on my radar. I was fresh off, of, fresh off of 10 years of being a goalie. Like the last thing I was thinking about was running. And so then it's like your classic college baloney for four years. I was like, I don't, I don't even know what you want to call it. Like lift, like lift it, pretty much doing anything. To you try were to, just like, hang curious. On. Yeah. I was, and, and yeah, it's senior year. I did cry. Did six months of CrossFit and I was like, I just got worked for six months, but I was probably in some of the best shape I've been in. And I call, um, I remember if you remember you, at that time, I was like, dude, CrossFit's so. You lame. came. I shot a video of Colton in the CrossFit gym, and like they were using the other side. Um, it's like a night. It's pretty big, yeah. and so we were using like the other corner because i had befriended every, you know it's like community they're like yeah, you can yeah. come use it you can shoot yeah. like they knew i was active with my camera this was when things were really picking up in my senior year and so i was just shooting with colton and i wanted to just 
do like a fitness edit. And so anyway, uh, he like walks in this place. He's, he, he like is looking left and right. Like, I don't know, man, this place is, this is not my space. Like I'll do some pull-ups. Yeah. And like he, he maybe did that. And I think deadlifts, yeah, like just like, deadlifts. To, and, and like, that was it. Like you had this like playground in front of you and you had, you wanted nothing to do with and it. Now yeah. look at me, man. You're like looking at the people on the rowers. You were like, Oh, oh yeah. Shirt, their yeah. shirts were off. I was like, yeah. who What's works going out on? their shirt off anymore? Yeah. Colton Dude. was young. At that Col- Colton's <laughs> allergic to his shirt yeah. now when he works out. <laughs> I know. It comes off so quick. We're like yeah. halfway into the warm up, and I look over, and Colton's just shirt shirtless. Yeah. Like, all right, dude. That's Colton, it's cool, dude. It's snowing outside, man. Colton, it's yeah. thirty it's degrees in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so go. So but go anyway, yeah, like that was like th- that was like an example of testing some waters that were not like when you come out of organized sport. When in my like my whole life, it was like yeah, I was lifting a good bit, especially in like off season. But then you go into the season, and, like I don't even know what in-season training we were doing it was like medium but you're just yeah. so focused on sport like yeah. not so much your for me it wasn't myself it was being a better goalie being a better lacrosse right. player um and so then like college it took me a little while to start to figure out like oh i could care about this for me not for a sport and right. that's where things started to turn mentally and it was trying on crossfit which i still like i could see myself maybe doubling back to in this you Jack shot Walt me like a world. 40 page text after i did my first muscle up you were like god dude i missed i mean yeah because like <laughs> there is like there's there's just such a good feeling at the end of a crossfit workout where i mean you just are draw it's like to me i used to say it's a guaranteed like ass kicking workout like you were just <laughs> oh, yeah. gonna walk out of there like crawling yeah and i like i missed that because fast forward tr- yeah rant so then then a friend texts me like two years ago or maybe a year and a half ago he's like wouldn't it be funny if we all ran a marathon and i was like i'm in like i don't know what i'm signing up for but i'll do it and so i had like six months to just like i mean and mind you like i'd been working out in different capacities and like rock climbing a ton like i'm still in general activity but nothing committed or specific Yeah, rock climbing definitely translates directly over to marathon marathon. (laughs) exactly and so it's like that you know between like like climbing lifting maybe some light running like there was no formula i was not following anything i was just like doing you know i don't I was lost in some yeah, capacity. Yeah. So then I then I start training. Then I have a goal to work towards all of a sudden, which, as you guys know, it's like it can really just change everything. So then, mm. then I'm actively following like a plan. I'm actively training for the marathon. I, and if, there's probably a runner that will listen to this and be like, oh, but I just wanted to break four hours. Like that was my goal. Run like a, And I ran a 352 or something. Yeah, and I so like I, it That's worked good. out. That's good. The, the, I, I, what I learned. You see the length of this kid's legs yeah, over dude. here. Yeah. You goddamn gallops, yeah. dude. Yeah. I learned over here. <laughs> what I learned is that the engine existed. I just needed to yeah. learn like what to yeah. do there. And But then it's, I was like, you know, this feels – I was – like as I think about photography, as I think about like fitness, I'm trying to find something that will last a long time. Yeah. And so like I was like, maybe endurance sport will stick for. I could see this sticking around. Like I don't need to. It's not a contact sport that like needs to stop in the next five years of yeah. my life. Like I could run for a long time. Yeah. And the, but then I yeah I get through the marathon. It felt really like the marathon itself. Like that's a whole story for its own. That like, you guys know. Like it, when you finish your first like race. That felt, I mean, those last couple miles, like, yeah, they, they hurt in one way, but, like, I never felt so, like, excited. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to finish. It felt almost like a game day back in the day yeah. when you're pulling out a big win or something. Like, you it just, called me after, I got, like, a hit. I remember it. Yeah. And you were like, dude, that was, I, you, I, I don't want to say it. easy. but you, uh, Yeah, my but last couple miles were my fastest miles. You almost were Dude, like, it's like a cheat code, though. I know. The experience of it is so intoxicating. Yeah. Like, yeah. the environment, the people, the cheering. Oh, the whole thing. Like it's Suffering it's, with everybody out there. Along, yeah, yeah like, awesome. I ran it with a group. There were a group of us that ran it, and we were all really close in time together. Like, we were 
down to mile like 23 i was with one of my right hand guys like and we were just digging it out together i just saw my family i see one of my friends drove from the new york area all the way down to philly like with no without like warning basically he texted me the night before he's like i'll be there in the morning like look out for me around mile 22 or something and i like i was like whoa 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 like these people care it was just such a cool like overload of exciting things and finishing the first marathon so get through the end of that and i'm like i don't know though running itself is like that's just a lot like it's, it's kind thing. of tough on like the joints and like the legs and i was like maybe so enter and then then you want to go back to the same principles of how i used peter mckinnon and the, yeah. that world then i started to find the nick bears of the world and then yeah. then i realized and the christian guzman whoever like that whole like group yeah. then i'm like wait a minute like maybe triathlon would be triathlon terror like enter yeah. all of youtube and then i'm like okay wait 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 i think i'm finding something that makes sense and so then this year yeah bought my first road bike in december now like i'm trying to make this transition to the ironman space um and triathlon in general because i love i was for you know the first quarter of the year before everything hit the fan um i was i joined like a triathlon team in new york like that we were oh, really? training at, yeah five times a week at 6 a.m in the gym like we Damn. swim swim bike run and so i was loving it then everything came to a screeching halt and so it, it's been a little bit of a disaster to try to hold that up like i haven't swam since march like probably need the swimmies again but there's that side but biking and running is my focus right now yeah. Then I look at myself and I'm like, God, I, I got to hit the weights though. Like I'm not going like, to – I got to hit the weights and realistically I, I need to like, I need to build my leg strength to be able to really perform in, in endurance sport. Yeah. You, you, there's, there's so many things to go into. So it's just like a whirlwind of getting somewhere. But I think it's always in the spirit of like what can I find that's going to last a while that I can really yeah. dig my heels into and enjoy. Take so, a step back though. You think about it. You kind of operate in the same framework you do with your camera and photography. I think you're a little yeah. further down the line in terms of your creative outlets. But if you think about it, you kind of do the same thing that you do with camera and photography that you're doing in sport right now. It's like you're trying a bunch of different things to see where you can go with them. Yeah. But they're yeah. always moving you forward in the yeah. right direction, which is the cool thing to hear. Yeah, and um, it sounds like you're you're a little bit more of the mindset. Like if you have something to work towards, it's a little bit yeah. more. Oh, I'm goal oriented. Yeah, goal oriented. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I would definitely uh, advise that. Like, yeah, you gotta pick have a, goal. a goal. If there's yeah, anything I've learned with fitness, it's like as soon as I have a goal. Oh yeah, like I want to. I, I want that payday. Yeah. But without it, I'm like a lost puppy. Sometimes there's just yeah. no like. I just <laughs> I will admit that I'll wear it on my sleeve. But like it's so easy when you don't know where you're going. It's just like. I just want to be generally like like I care about fitness for myself. Like mentally, it always takes That's me to a good space. I like, get like that the idea of like one time someone said like, "Have you ever felt bad once you've started working out, or like when it, right when you finish, it's like you never regret working out." And that stuck with me from like a young age. I was like, yeah. Once I get like, it's just a matter of having reason to get out there mentally and getting over that. But then it's then it's you know it's never a regret. So is it a lot of the mental now for you? I feel like endurance. I know it's generally good for your health. Like we talked well, about endurance before. Yeah, yeah, you guys said it. You're right. Like doing an Ironman is not good for your body. No, yeah, like, you're, you're right. Beat the crap no. out of it. Yeah. No, he, yo, he challenged me this morning. He said, dude, there's I, no way you're doing a full Ironman. I said, bro, I, I'm going to send you a picture crossing that goddamn finish line. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you're you're paraphrasing and what's slightly oh, unfair right. to I'm me. trying to gas I just – I was like – what. I said, I was like, what, man, like, did I, I heard you say on the podcast, because we're, I, so I was supposed to do 70.3, like, placid. We were supposed um, to do that. Oh, really? In, yeah. Like, we were supposed were to do that. I, yeah, okay. in, but what, September it September, was? like, and 6th or something? So, obviously, it gets postponed a year. I actually moved mine to 2021 AC, okay. which you might know from Same. Pam. Yeah, I, that was the first one yeah. I did. 
Which one? The like no, or No, AC. AC. Yeah. yeah, yeah so that's awesome. what I want. That's what I'm planning nice. now towards is 2021 AC. And then I'm also, my New York City Marathon got pushed out a year too. So okay. I was supposed to do those two this year. Nice. Um, but Colton, you know, I'm on, pay, I'm on pace to think mentally like, yeah, I'll get, I'll, I'll get my half in next year. And then out of nowhere, Colton's like, yeah, I think in the spring I'm going to do a full. And I was like, whoa. Dude, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you know, <laughs> I was like coming from like, like, like just like – what like you bought your bike i guess it's been a couple months but i don't know how much you like i'm just looking at you as like he does crossfit like he's got a lot to learn in that space not that you can't and i'm not i'm not knocking you i will just be curious to see and i think you'll be a big part of it i was like like your world will be rocked like there is no question i think the biggest thing i'm not saying you can't do it is moderation and not getting injured like yeah. injury yeah, prevention seriously. is the biggest thing when you're training for those yeah. types of things because yeah. there's so much pounding, so much Patience. work. Patience. And uh, yeah. considering how your marathon training yeah. schedule looked in the beginning, yeah, seven days of well, CrossFit mean, and running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll work up. We'll work up to that. So. Yeah. And I, dude, but we also came to the point that's important. Why? You talk about completion of the Ironman, right, not right. so much. And I'm not here to. I, I am not here to win an Ironman. But He's like, going to I Kona. Can, He's you know, going to yeah, Kona. I'm not like, <laughs> but like, I want to do it. You know, like, how do I say this? Like, I want to buy into it and really put down, like, a performance where I'm like, I didn't just, fit, like, for, and I don't know how to, because you're, you're, I see your side of the, of the coin so much, like, I do get that. Yeah, yeah. For me, I also, like, I wanted to break four on the marathon, and I have yeah. similar, like, um, a way of approaching the sport where I want to achieve a certain, le- a certain level, not win the things, but, like, or be, like I keep, I don't I enter those saying. races to win, but you like wanna, you wanna, I've got a, you have a specific a firm speed. You're a little bit more focused on the speed here, bit. I think, yeah. than co- actual just completion of the yeah. race. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's sure. cool. I think that's a, a, an important piece of that equation. But yeah. so yeah. when Cole talks about being an Ironman, I'm, like my, I set my own self-inflicted goal, maybe yeah. a little a little tighter. Which don't ask yeah. me why I'm in worse shape. Like there's no question about it. I don't know why, but yeah, I think about like my Ironman experience, like when I get to that half, it's going to be like, like, I want to, I want to make myself be like, wow, I put a lot, I put a lot into this yeah. to be able to get this number out. Like yeah. this was a, a hard earned win. And I think for me, it's of the other side of like, I want to see how hard I can push myself mentally. Like yeah. the time will be where the time will be. Like, obviously I don't want to do, learning. I don't want to do 24 hours. Like at that point, maybe. <laughs> there's, a, there's a time cap. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, they'll cut you <laughs> off. They, they they'll just, cut they you just off. They just drive me for the last 16 <laughs> miles. Yo, wow. dude, uh, the race ended uh, about five hours ago, okay? Uh, <laughs> We're going to need you to get off the road. <laughs> yeah. They put you on an e-bike yeah. for the second half. <laughs> no, dude, it's just for me, it's the mental battle, right? Where it's like, this is something point oh 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 one percent of the world does. Yeah. yeah. And I want to hear my name. It's like Colton Richards is an Iron Man. You know, like yeah. there's a ring to that and just a mental challenge, whether it's like yeah. the forty hour training leaks, whatever it is, just to have that in my repertoire in terms of how I approach other things in my life. Yeah. I feel like it'll almost make me I don't it's gonna sound bad. I feel like that almost puts me to a point where like I'm unbreakable. I know that's not actually the reality, but that's how I think I would feel about yeah. my mental capacity. Yeah. yeah, I'm just excited for the mental state I'll get into. Yeah. Because I think that's a big piece of those mm-hmm. endurance races that you talked about like the last few miles is oh, just yeah. pure you're like just, you're in your own bliss, head. right? Yes, so yes. I, I what I'm excited about is the training and process of getting into those mental spaces and then the race itself. Yeah. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing. And I think we'll have a, a cool people. crew around us. I think it'll be an exciting yeah. experience. Yeah. You know, it's 
I don't know if we'll ever be living in the same house again training for an Ironman. Like, the reality of that happening is, like, probably once in a lifetime. Yeah, and you guys do have something so special in that, like, to have that accountability right next to each other under one roof. Like, that is not to be, you know, taken lightly I think about it literally most days. I think about it. It's going to be – it was rough when I was trying to do it by myself last year. So, it'll definitely be nice to have somebody to – suffer with me uh inside dude you're welcome to train bro yeah if you ever want to come down yeah 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 well i mean i'll be back for a lot of winter bike and trainer are coming back all right i love that i love that we'll set a date Cool. Uh, anything you want to leave these people with, Kevin? Or I, Greg? I actually, I actually have one more thing Ooh, I wanted to hit you on. Always with, go with the end questions. Well, uh, we talked about his uh, your photography as a yeah, hobby and yeah. things, but it seems as though almost like you have a bit of a small business side hustle. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Added to that, it's oh, not just it's not just you're out there because some people do yeah. it as a strict yeah. hobby just, where there's no monetary benefit. They're oh, just yeah. going out there and they're enjoying yeah. the process of taking photos and things along those lines. It seems like you're doing that. But you're also adding a business aspect of that. So how do you balance your job with, with that, that piece? Yeah, there's so a like you said with the burners. So yeah, um, some of it, you know, can be applied across, which is nice. Just like professionally, like even just like being able to quickly write out a nice like a nice reply to someone or something. But then like some of it's just built built up over time. Like what was originally just you know like a pretty half heart. Like the contract legally stood had legs, but like it's not exactly like beautiful but it was just getting a contract moving from yeah i'll shoot this video for you for however much money to an actual contract yeah and then building that out a little better then putting treatments together where i send people you know what like basically like an outline of what i'm going for it's almost like mood boards like putting together like here's what you get and and putting a visual to that and like just kind of slowly building that over time um and just building out the portfolio and that's kind of like the stage i'm at at this point like you know just taking on more and more work to keep building it out so it starts to build itself because when it when you're only your own business like that is what stands that's what speaks for it more than anything and one thing do you have a follow-up because i i want to articulate something he just yeah go ahead because i know yeah because one thing you said is you're very you like the stability of the job you have yeah as a yeah and i don't want people to lose sight of that because i think we do sometimes kev where it's like i told i've talked about like those midlife crises where i'm like all right, I need to go buy a gym, quit my yeah, job, yeah. and dive in, right? That's not the right – a lot of people like the stability aspect, and I don't think that should be looked at because there's so much talked about like entrepreneurship and go start your own business, risk That's it all. short term. It's very short term. Yeah. So I love that you have that aspect, but you don't lose sight of the goal that your long-term drive, say 20 years or like 15 or 10, whatever it may be, that you want that business to be a to living, be more, a living, breathing thing. Yeah. 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 And I think it's yeah. a great in between to have right now where you have the stability of your job, bro, but you also work your ass off yeah. in the other things. You know, and, you're not half assing the other things. And who's to say that you can't bring those two things together one day? You know, I'm yeah. working in an advertising space and I'm shooting freelance stuff on the side. There is a space where that meets one day. Yeah. And I don't know who knows if that's with my current company, who knows if that's my own company, but none of that matters because. Ultimately, like I'm just thinking about what what am I doing right now in those two spaces that I'm keeping this balance and there is no perfect answer to it, but ultimately like it's all paying towards something that makes sense to me. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's a great point because uh, something I was about to say is I feel like your job definitely has some overlap with yeah. what your hobby yeah. entails. One question I wanted to ask was what 
what separates you from all the other competition out there? Because right now yeah. it seems as though everybody it can pick up a yeah, a camera and, and be a professional photographer or Get buy a drone and, and yeah have an and Instagram. do that. So yeah. So how do you separate yourself from in that environment to pick up clients um, that yeah you know might be it's looking a, at other people? It's a good question. I think part of it is is regional to a degree. Like I'm picking up work based on proximity of where businesses are and you know the feasibility of like the biggest ones you see like you know whatever you see like on the internet like they're based out of somewhere else. And so like Philadelphia, not necessarily, like there's plenty of work, I think is what I'm trying to say initially. There's plenty of work to get my feet on the ground and like get running with. Um, to actually become a like distinct in my work and, and really stand out from others. Right now, like I would be, I would even be willing to say there probably isn't a defining factor right now that because I'm still in, like I said, like that expansion phase where I just, Ultimately, my portfolio kind of speaks for itself. People see it and they're like, "I want, I want one of those for my business." Right. Or I want, one, I want one of those wedding videos. Or you you're know. kind of exploratory. In a and sense. so right now, it's like if if people like what they see, then they cut. It's just a matter of them liking the work and then being professional in the way that I, you know, work with them. And then I think, so the right now, my answer is actually more me. Like I think people enjoy yeah. working with me once I'm on scene and like I'm a normal human about it and like just the way I approach working with people and i think that right now is what keeps people coming back like you know not just one contract but then renewing and doing more more and more work and i think part of that's just because of who i am not necessarily my work at this point because i would argue there's plenty of other work out there like that is comparable if not and obviously better but like i don't have a defining thing in my actual output of the work as much as i think it comes from just the relationship i build with working with people right now yeah I but mean, i'm okay to admit that like i'm not here to say that i have some crazy i'm the guy who has to be shooting this to make like, if it's a wedding video like oh my gosh i mean that is an industry of itself that i i dabble in but like no i'm not the best wedding videographer but if like if you like my work and i'm at a rate that makes sense to you and you you seem to like me like then let's let's do this like let's yeah and it seems like you have a, a professional way about you and you care about what people's visions for those things are yeah, yeah. and in dealing with that experience the better the experience is the more people are going to come back and the more they're going to suggest yeah. the and the word of mouth so. i mean that's what i was just gonna I, say dude i, know I don't advertise that. myself yeah. it, like that's what's funny is you know for how much i love doing the, my like this freelance space that you want to whatever you want to call it i don't advertise myself i have my website i have my instagram i have my youtube channel you haven't updated your website in years no not like since and because college. because and i think the shortest the, when i when i take a step i'm like shoot why haven't i done this i'm like but wait a minute i've been just as busy as i want to be like for me like a benchmark was a wedding a year from early spring through late fall like and next year lined up already. So then I'm not thinking about needing to fill it. So I'm not thinking about needing to update all these things. It's like, well, people are still booking me. Like this word of mouth and general whatever is happening is working. So I like for for me, those things just have taken the back burner because it's it's at a pace where like I'm 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 still keeping myself very busy. And so I haven't had to like invest in, you know, the marketing and the advertisement of myself and my my business just because it's just kept itself running like i just always have something to be shooting and i think that goes along with a a way at least some people should look at a small business operation is like and this is kind of how we look at the podcast a little bit but it's like product first yeah like uh, yeah just shoot like and like i said what's like sneaky about it is i'm getting stuff out of 
I'm getting a lot out of shooting every single thing I still take on to this day. Like I'm, I'm, I'm learning something as a videographer. I don't really do paid photo almost ever, but as a videographer, like I'm always thinking like, yeah, I, I learned something from every single shoot I look back on and people don't realize it's like a win-win to that it, because I'm doing it because I love it and I'm learning and I'm taking on new challenges, not because I'm only doing it for the money. Obviously at this point I have to do it for there's money. A cost to your I, time. I put a lot, there's a cost to my time. There's a cost to all of my equipment. Like I absolutely feel compensation is necessary there but i'm not doing it for that yeah. i have my stability elsewhere no shame to people who are like if you're j making that jump early do it like absolutely but for me i keep kind of a line in the sand great i have my stability yeah do what i love i'm learning from it and it's just like i said it just keeps going so i'm just hands are kind of off like i'm i'm good with it right it's now it's disgusting how much camera equipment is bro disgusting <laughs> you're telling me man you tell me how much you spend, and it's like but it makes me fun. Yeah. The addiction, <laughs> yeah, it, it does. But and I will say two things: that hobbies cost money. Iron Man, yeah. they cost money. Like bikes, I mean, bikes, everything, equipment. helmets. Just, helmets uh, are expensive. Yeah. Water bottles, the right cages for your bike. Everything gets expensive all of a sudden. Yeah, an and Iron Man in itself is probably around like somewhere G's. in the yeah, like between a, three, yeah, and for six, a decent three and six G. Yeah. That's like a lens though. And yeah. so that's a well, single yeah, yeah, yeah. lens. You have to camera. remember like if I, you know, I make these things back, like it, it's scary if I was looking at it from a personal standpoint of my own bank account. But when I look at, okay, if I have 10 weddings lined up and I've got however many other things like small businesses and yeah. you know, anything else that's picking itself up, that's, that's money that I'm like, I'm going to make it back. Like I'm never, I'm not extending myself on these investments yeah. beyond what I'm making. Like, We've had that conversation recently. Remember where we're talking about like, we had that mindset out of college where we wanted to save every penny, but yeah. now it's like, dude, let's spend money on things well, that are going to move us. Yeah. Like the first but I mean, let's both be really like we don't have much money, but no. but coming from college where you like you're checking your bank account daily to see where it stands. Do I have like, enough I money have, for extra guac yeah, at Chipotle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been there. Let's, let's call it that first notch up. And I remember my right. one of the last things I was ever told in a college class. It was from um, one of my favorite professors. He just said, "Live like a college kid as long as you can, because once you once you make that first step." And then the next step, there's no going backwards. Yeah. Like, and yeah. so I think we, I've gotten, I've drug out that college life for a while. And then that first step came where I was like, I actually have a, a couple dollars to my name. Yeah. Not like I am by no means living the dream over yeah, here, yeah, but yeah. like I have enough to, to, to start to play with and invest in my own business. Think product, like then the output starts to look a little better. Yeah. And by no means, I mean, it's, it's very much the storyteller more than the tools, but you need to have, I mean, you got to invest in your tools. So like there is a relationship there and to have that initial money and it'll be like wait a minute i actually i have some some room to play here yeah i think that's yeah, important fun. we've yeah. started talking about that yeah. a little bit it's more. An yeah, you're investing in yourself i mean yeah even yeah. though you're actually purchasing the camera it's something you're investing in yeah for yeah. you yeah and it's so, not just the ROI. and i'm lucky enough to say that yeah i mean like i'm lucky enough to say that i do make it back but there are people who could still be doing that and not necessarily make it back yet that's fine yeah. maybe maybe this microphone i'm speaking <laughs> into yeah there we go <laughs> yeah. this podcast. No, so right here to your point, the roi is not monetary all the time for you no, in these weddings I'm you're learning how to it. do it you yeah. know America. and then and the last thing to say there is like I, the people i meet i and I, just last Great week point. i yeah shot with this awesome photographer at this wedding her husband's a cinematographer and like they just i'm so excited to reach out just because they seem like amazing people who also like have well they're that's their profession and they're excellent at what they do but it's like i got to meet this person because i'm shooting a wedding wedding like this wedding might not be what i see myself shooting in 20 years but 
I just met some really cool people along the way to, to build, start like continuing to build that community that I've started working on. Yeah, I love and it. And so it's cool to like meet people along the way too, just because I'm, I'm not saying no to opportunities. And I, yeah, like it's just really interesting to kind of build that way. Like, yeah. Community. What are, what are some goals you have your sights on maybe down the line or anything exciting that you're excited yeah. to progress towards my goal is like commercial i would love to get into commercial work like i love seeing like working with brands that mean a, would mean a lot to me like especially like i think the auto industry would be so cool to get into like stuff like that like That's bigger badass. projects like let's i mean i'm making this one up right here but like let's say ford was like we want you to shoot like you know digital ads for like video ads for us like could be for the internet could be for you know who knows maybe tv one day or be a part of that project like a project that's bigger than me yeah um those are the kinds of spaces like i would love to get into is commercial work and like I do, I start to go that way with like, I shoot, you're shooting for gyms and like small businesses right now. Um, whether that's real estate, I think that's all starting to shape up and weddings are, are their own to say thing. who you shoot for in terms of gyms. Oh, I'll plug. I mean, yeah, yeah plug it. Uh, it, for anyone in this area, stride, stride, yeah. spin and fitness. I mean, stride is, I, they're yeah, an awesome they're brand awesome. run by yeah, a yeah. really cool girl. I mean, it's yeah, pretty interesting they do good to work. see what she does. Yeah. Yeah. And I love being a part of like, that's been a really fun space for me to, like I said, learn something new. And so like I, sh my first gym I shot for was at F45 in state college. I remember that. Um, love, love that group too. Yeah. And then, then I used that and you got into stride and then I hope to build that and then just go to like, you know, start dropping places in New York city. Hey, here's some work I've done. Like I'd love to start shooting for you. My own gym there. Like they've even seen some of my work and they want, like there's been dabbles of that. So it's, you know, then it just keeps building and then I've got commercial work in a gym space and then I've got it in real estate. And then next thing you know, it's like, maybe I can sneak a car in there or something. I'm making that example up for that type of commercial work. But yeah. as long as it's like something that is of interest to me, like I would love to kind of go into more commercial bigger scale space visionary he is though like when he talks it's yeah. just all big vision and like moving forward like agreed when he just answered that question he didn't have a defined like he's he's not like next year i want to make 50 grand like that's not though, your goal yeah you're it's just so visionary tough. in the sense of like where you want your business what i want my work skill like. set and your yeah. work to look like it's very well there's like the interesting. there's the concrete ones where it's like oh i would i picture having like a sweet studio in phoenixville yeah. That's like a film house where like it's a creative space for like, you know, you all the different for it? none of that, but none of that even matters I, right yeah. now to me because it's like, that is such a big leap. It's like, but what am I doing? What like I can have those like, I don't know you like euphoria goals, but to me, it's like, how do I know? Like, what am I, let me rewind here. Cause that's where I look, would lose sleep and just be like, I'm never going to get there. Like that's never going to work. Interesting. But if, if I just step back, it's like, no, no, no. I got plenty. I got plenty going on. The, the burners are on high here within scope like i'm still picking up work in whatever space and and keeping it exciting and taking on new work and so like i'm doing plenty and so like uh, yeah my sure. goal is less defined there's definitely a benefit to saying i'm gonna have this many videos with this with right. these brands next year for me like i'm not i don't look at it that way no, I, I just I, don't look at it that i don't way. say it's even wrong. though there's totally it could be a benefit from it yeah. i look at it i mean a little yeah, looser think that's wrong i don't know i don't think it's wrong at all i like how you you didn't like you said there wasn't necessarily there are not monetary things attached to this no, this is, these are just things that you want to do from a creative perspective that you think would be really cool to do yeah, totally. which i think is the biggest that's the biggest part when you're charged by a goal like that instead of personally for me the monetary aspect kind of comes second to it yeah. like that yeah. fuels it obviously but the, you do a lot better when you're focusing maybe on a vision or something that you're interested in yep and it's it's easier to progress towards that or vision it, it, visually imagine you doing that. Yeah. So and the yeah. monetary aspect will come. 
you know yeah seen that with like, your business yeah and that's where it's like that's where i go back to the blessing of having stability too some people would say it hinders me because it's the time commitment but like i said i like at this point in my life i got so much to learn professionally whether you want to put it in, under a big company or in my freelance space like i the burners are like i said are on high and i'm pretty comfortable when i really take a step back even though in the moment i want that quick one of like yeah i want to just be a youtuber it's like but wait 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 like there's a there's plenty there's plenty <laughs> going on that's right there. yeah because there's those moments where you're like gosh like why can't that just be me like i wish i was just making videos but and there's people who make that jump and it's a bigger leap and they go for it and all the power to them I'm a risk averse guy. Like if you know me, like I'm not like the riskiest of people, but I think there's ways for me to get to that space in this marathon of life where it doesn't have to be like such a, a big jump for me. Yeah, and I don't want to sound negative in this, but I feel like so many people, you see all the people that maybe made those jumps, like yeah. the large people, like the Logan Pauls or the Alex <laughs> Warrens of YouTube who yeah. made that jump and just grinded and made it to the top, but you don't hear about all the people that do that and, and, don't. and don't. I think about that all the time. Right? So all it's got to be something that – I don't even think and about if you people. like, And then there's like – and this is like there's going to be freelancers out there who are making that jumper now who would scream at me for saying it. But it's like what hap- Like, what does it look like when you're half – when it's half catching and it's like kind of working for you but ha- like maybe hasn't taken off and you've got this pressure of financial stability and life weighing down on you that takes away from your ability to – to still do it effectively Ooh, and be great. That's a and great someone point, would say like bro. that's when the burners kick on and you make yourself great. Chris Burkhardt lived in a van eating ramen for years, like shooting surf photography, and he was cool with that. But it turned the burners on that made him produce great work. For me, I don't think that valley has to be so deep. It, so the the I guess the articulation of that is the no options mentality versus an option, or you have options, or you have options. Yeah, yeah. the burn the boats first. Yeah, you yeah. know maybe maybe you got a couple boats on the side yeah. just in case. Yeah, but and, I, uh, that's it, a good like, perspective, yeah. dude. Will the payout be slower or maybe less exciting for me? Maybe, but that's in like this this perspective could change for all I know. Like I don't know. This is where I'm at right now in my life. But like, and I respect like there's young hustlers out there who I even know who are doing this stuff full time videography and that. You can make a prof- – it's a profession. Not to yeah. take it lightly. It's a profession. Yeah. It's just – it's not as easy or stable as – well, no, I shouldn't say easy. Nothing's easy. No job's easy. But it's not as stable as a big corporation. Like, no, and yeah. that's that's the line I'm defining. I guess that's something I was I was meaning to express by saying that is not necessarily don't go for that. But yeah. acknowledge yeah. the fact of – acknowledge the work that it takes for you to reach – uh, uh, the highest level in that space. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like a lot of people don't acknowledge There's how much work's going to go into that. Yeah, like those freelancers are grinding. Yeah. right on yeah. a daily basis to try to make ends meet and get as much as much clientele as possible. Yeah. And the work that goes into that is is so extensive. That's true. That I, I feel like a lot of people don't evaluate that before jumping into yeah, that. Yeah, hundred percent. And not to be the stereotypical like creator, but like. It is a more saturated market. That's not just something that people say, oh, no, like the reality is like the Jake Pauls of the world, they also caught YouTube, not to take away from all the things that they did on the backs, like the the back ends of that, but the Casey's of the world, they caught YouTube in stride. And now you've got a million, like you said earlier, there's a million of me's out out there. Like I stumble across them in my algorithms. There's a kid who's taking off right now from uh, from King of Prussia area and he's getting tons of traction on youtube and his like his work's great but he's one in like a million and yeah. he's fantastic like i mean i'm not even comparing myself to him but i'm saying like you see him pop up but not it's it's a saturated market timing on is, YouTube a, timing is very important yeah timing's time. huge yeah. and so 
not to say it can't still be done like the example i was just saying but um it's definitely uh it's a defined space now where originally casey was like the vlogger him and like yeah like fun for louis and a couple other people were like carving that out of course is he was going to explode yeah. but like now it's definitely a little bit saturated I think we're like two hours right now. Yeah, dude, you're going long, dude, bro. There's nothing wrong with that. No, hey, we got a lot to long. unpack here. I don't know, yeah, Greg. Right? So you true. know, podcasts I got a lot of questions. To to know. Podcasts are long form content, baby. That's why we love it's them. True. That's why we love them. I mean, I, I'm good, Kev. Do you have anything you want to say? I don't think I have anything I want to say. I, I went around a couple circles. I asked yeah, the questions I wanted to <laughs> ask. I I got nothing else. You threw the fishing rod out a couple times and brought it back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that. hey, why not? Uh, what I think would be valuable is could you state the acronym for it again in each oh yeah each yeah. thing that that explains and then yeah. give your shameless plugs right My after shameless that plug, absolutely <laughs> yeah the ford thing and that's like even an applicable thing for all of life but it's it's ford is family so know, know something about it. like you want to build that out start by asking about a sibling a yeah. kid or whatever uh, so family occupation you probably already know that, but depending on the context, you might not. Yeah. Um, recreation. What do they do? What you know? What's Outside this guy do? Work, right yeah. when he walks out of this door, what's he yeah. going to do? Uh, some guys are selling cars on the side. Some guys are. One guy was a painter. Like one guy's a photographer. You you start to learn that stuff. Um, occupation, recreation, and then dream. What do you? Like, why are you here? Yeah. Why are we both here right now? Where are you? Where are you trying to go? And so yeah, family, occupation, recreation, dream, and that I lived by that for a while. Um, so that's Ford. And my shameless plugs, yeah, I mean, it, for anyone looking for video work, uh, no, um, yeah, my Instagram, Greg Brez Media. Um, does that have a link to your website? I think it, it does, does link to my website. It's gregbresnan.com. Um, <laughs> my email for that is info at gregbresnan.com. It's all pretty plug and play. YouTube is should Greg Bresnan. Should I give him your cell phone number too? Yeah, my social, like, <laughs> my height and weight. <laughs> yeah, we'll just need the last four yeah. digits of your social before we leave the podcast Mother's, today. Father's baited. Yeah. <laughs> Love yeah, it. but thanks, right, dude. It's fun being on here, dude. We appreciate you. Yeah, were thanks for coming you on, were man. Flowy, dude. I, I had to. Look, I had to you're cool, gonna ask me easy questions. I had for to cool me, like, you off at one about. point during the podcast when you said the Ford thing, my dominating man. Dominating the mic over I here. I loved it. I loved it. Beautiful. All right, dude. We appreciate the hell out of you. Um, let's have a kick-ass rest of our Saturday. Yeah. Cool.